today is Tuesday the 23rd of February 2021 and I am so happy to announce that our speaker today is Holly and Holly will be talking to us for 20 to 30 minutes on her experience strength and hope and Holly just to confirm you have um, signed the speaker release form. Yes I have. That's wonderful take it away Holly. Okay, hi everybody, I'm Holly. I'm a compulsive overeater and a hundred pounder. I'm from um, Southern California and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, Rita, for, for um, stalking me down and asking me to speak. And um, <laughs> i just give you a little picture of what's happening over here is that, uh, you know, it's 6 a.m. here in Southern California and the sun's coming up. Um, my, I'm going to tell you right now, my sponsees all have a resentment against you all because right now I'm usually speaking to them. <laughs> I have my sponsee call start at six. So I canceled with them and, you know, they all just give me the finger or something. I don't know, but, um, and I'm here, I'm here with you all. So welcome to all the newcomers. I see several, um, new people that coming up in the chat and, you know, um, I'm going to tell you a little story about what it was like and, and tell you how I was and then um, what happened in my story with the relapse. Um, I'm one of those people who, when I relapsed, I left. So um, not recommended, okay? <laughs> and um, I'm kind of a, a lighthearted speaker. If you So if I start to laugh, I'm really laughing from the inside. This is, you know, I, I've learned in program to be... Um, to enjoy myself. I learned here how to laugh. I learned here how to cry. And I learned here um, how to not take myself so seriously. So although this is an extremely serious disease, um, being in recovery has, has literally changed my life. So um, to qualify, I've got, here's a picture of me. Let's see if we can get this. See that there? That's me. That's me, um, and it, it, let me let me give you a little bit of a timeline. That that was uh, I, I've got 18 and a half years of abstinence. Okay, this time this doesn't count the first time I was in, and I'll tell you about that. What this is 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 when I walked in in August of 2002, I walked in and sat fully sat down in a seat of Overeaters Anonymous in a meeting. Um, 280 pounds, um, give or take. I mean, who was weighing then? No, <laughs> I wasn't weighing so much then, but 280 pounds. And that's, I wasn't a person that um, was ever a, a normal or healthy body weight. Um, I was never that. I lived my life overweight. I was overweight since I, I have pictures of when I was five and I was overweight all the way up until I was 46. And that's when I walked into program for this time. Um, so, and I mean, severely overweight. And I, I, I get up to 280 pounds and I, that's when I started feeling really uncomfortable. If you can believe that, that's how much I was eating. I wasn't even feeling by that point. I would feel uncomfortable, um, achy, hard to walk around. And I diet my way. I, pick up some kind of cheap diet out of a magazine or whatever somebody said. And I would diet my way down to 240. About 240 was my was my um, comfortable weight. And I diet my way down to 240 and then I go right back up to 280. That's how I lived my, my whole adult life. So 
Um, and right now I sit at about 140 pounds. Um, and I've been this way for, this is, this is likely, be, this is likely my healthy body weight for, um, as long as I've known. And as long as I got to a healthy body weight, this is about it. So this is where I feel comfortable. Um, not too little, not too big. And, and it, and it feels good. So this is kind of where God put me. Um, so to start out, um, I, I really quickly, though, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because this is a meeting of recovery from relapse. And, and how it was, was nothing unusual other than I think um, uh, my story is kind of one of neglect and <sighs> neglect and wanting, neglect and feeling um, invisible. When I was younger, um, I grew up back east, and it was a, it was an odd childhood because in the way that um, I think I was the first person in my classes that had divorced parents. I mean, it wasn't. I'm 64, so to kind of put put myself back where it was when I was young, um, uh, we, you know, everybody was, everybody was, you know, kids were had two parents and they had siblings, and everybody looked kind of normal. And, and after I was, you know, in the youngest part, I was, um, my mom was uh, mentally ill. So that kind of added into that mix. And then after a while, my dad left. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of neglect there. And, and here's the part is that I was left to fend for myself now. So, and I had to learn to fend for myself. I had to get my meal. I had to get myself to school very young and it, things weren't normal that I knew them. They were normal for me. So um, I kind of lived like that. Now, I'll tell you, there's a, there's a huge part of my story that I can't explain, meaning I know now that I have a relationship with a God of my understanding. I know now that that was God just pulling me through my life because the, the oddest and best things happen I would have thought I would still be stuck in that small town. It was outside of Buffalo, New York, um, very small town. I, I, I was, um, my dad owned the restaurant in town. And after I graduated, even the fact that I got to college, who, I don't know how that happened because we had no money. I had no money. So, but I got, got through college, but I went back to that small town and I worked for my dad for 12 years. He taught me how to cook in the restaurant. It was a diner, diner restaurant. So I'm a diner cook, slinging hash. I loved it and I hated it. And what happened was my life, and I come from a big family too, but I didn't live with them originally. I, I got to move in with them when I was 18. Um, my life got so small and I was so quiet and I was, all I wanted to do was be invisible. I did not want you to see me. I did not want you to talk to me. Um, I was so ashamed and, and yet I didn't know any other way. So that's kind of how it was. What happened was how I got out to Southern California. I, I don't know, how did I end up here? Um, a, a, somebody that came back to the uh, town that used to live in Batavia went, had been in Southern California. She came back for a summer, worked at the restaurant. We got reconnected. She invited me out for a vacation. And nine months later, I 
packed, I had stuff piled on top of my car and I drove out to Southern California. I could not be there any, I could not be in that small town anymore. Um, there was, I was dying there. I was literally dying there. The other part of that is I'm gay. And there was, I thought there was no gay people there. Really, I just had no connection with anybody but my family. So when I got out to Southern California, a lot of other things happened. I got into a relationship with a drug addict. That's not recommended either, by the way. <laughs> but this is what happened. And I immediately, you know, it's the first person that paid any attention to me. Remember, I'm invisible. Okay. So somebody started paying attention to me. And um, number one, I didn't know what to do with that. Okay. Number two, I'm, I'm in, I'm all in. All right. So um, I got into, I felt crazy immediately. I got into Al-Anon and what happened with that was I got into a group of people, of gay people that let me in. They, we hung out. They, I, I started to talk. Let's put it that way. I started to hang out. I just was with them. I started to talk. It was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. And in that group, there were people in OA as well. Of course, you know, when you get into a group, everybody's got different programs. So there were people that were in OA and, and I got to talking to them and I was, and I was like, welcome. They walked me right into OA. That was the first time. So this is all directed. It's not directed by me. This was all directed by my higher, higher power. But um, so I, I got into OA. I walked into OA. I sat down. I, I, here's the problem, though. I didn't, I was happy to be there. And I got an abstinence of three meals a day and no sugar. I had stopped eating sugar a couple of years before, kind of on my own because it, I was eating so much, it was making, literally making me sick. But how, but then I got, uh, I heard you guys say three meals a day. And what I was doing was the exact opposite of that. I was eating three meals and to get from point A in the day, to get from point A to point B to point C, I would have to eat in between. Like I could not, I was so afraid of people and so afraid of everything, so afraid of being seen, having to confront people. I'm in a, in a, when I moved out to LA, I changed professions as well. Um, I fell into this, into this other profession of being a property manager, thank God. And, um, you know, I had to, I had to show up places. Okay. So I'd be driving from this location to the next location. I have to stop. I have to go through a drive through and eat because I couldn't even function at the next stop. Okay, so that's what I, that's how I spent my days, just kind of grazing all the time. So when I walked in the first time, three meals a day hit me. Okay, all right, this is what I need. Three meals a day, no sugar. That was my first abstinence. It's also my abstinence now. But um, I stayed for about two and a half years. In that time, I got into a good relationship. Um, with somebody, actually with somebody that I met in a way, I got into a good relationship and things were going well. I, uh, we moved in together and I was working at my job and I, everything looked okay. I had, a, you know, everything was working. And because I didn't keep 
I didn't, I got a sponsor a couple of times, but I didn't really call them very much. Um, <laughs> I went to meetings and that's about it. And I didn't do the work. I, nobody asked me to do any work, number one, because I wasn't calling a sponsor. But um, I, I stayed for about two and a half years, but after, which was great. But then I, what that did was it gave me permission when things were feeling okay. I just started, I walked right back out of program. I, uh, my meetings went down, you know, it was from two or three a week to one a week to one every other week. Pretty soon I'm gone, right? And I'm still working the other program and I'm doing okay, but I walked right back out of program. So I was out then for eight years, okay? I stayed out for eight years. In that time, I, my partner and I started a catering company out of the house. Don't do that, okay? Not a good idea, but it was, <laughs> it was really successful. And, and so if you can grab that other part of my character defects is I, I'm an overworker, okay? I can't stop, I can't sit down. I was going, I was working a full-time job. I was doing this catering company um, and just in motion, I was constantly in motion and what have, you know, eight years. So I was eight years out of the program. And when we stopped doing that catering company and things calmed down a little bit, like the, the, the motion part calmed down, it was, it was eight years later. It was in, in the summer of 2002, let's say, I, all of that, all of that just stopped and all that stuff went rushing forward. And I felt horrible. I felt like I was dead. I, I had lost all feeling. I couldn't feel, I didn't feel like I could feel. I felt like a brick, okay? And I knew then I, I started, the anxiety started and I knew that I had to do something. My thought, which of course was my higher power, which is God, my thought was, why don't you go back? Why don't you go back to OA there and really work the program? I had been working um, my other program, but not like I did, not, not like I do now. Um, I didn't ever work the steps. Okay, that's that's the problem. So and I so I kept going. So I came back in August of 2002. I don't know what happened in that time. I know that my sister had come out to visit. It didn't go well. My older sister was out here. It didn't go well. She went back and I, I walked back into OA. There's a lot of OA meetings where I'm from. I'm in the San Fernando Valley, right outside of Los Angeles. We have our inner group. We have a lot of meetings. 100 pounders meeting was huge. Like you were almost, you had to get there early to get a seat. And I walked back into program and sat down and I was home. Okay, I actually exhaled. I think my first meeting was a Monday night meeting. That's still one of my favorite home meetings. It's, we have such a good, good group there. It's called Monday Night Miracles. That's 20. That, did I talk for 20 minutes? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Okay, so um, how much more time do I have? 10 minutes. You have okay. another 10. About 10, okay, very good. <laughs> oh my God. So that's what it was like. So I, when I came back, I actually got a sponsor within a month and um, 
we started off, like I started calling her at 6 a.m. This is the early morning thing, right? I call her at 6 a.m. every morning. Um, she gave me writing assignments. Uh, I did them, okay? That's the star. I did them. I got back to my abstinence of three meals a day and no sugar. And I have a whole group of foods that I didn't, that I, I knew I couldn't, I knew, I just knew I couldn't eat. I put them down. I started working the steps and I, in about, worked with her about two and a half, I think about two and a half or three years. I got through my fifth step and um, I was astounded that the food plan that we made together, I made a food plan together with my sponsor the food plan, I was able to, to stay on this food plan. I, I could not believe it. I just kept going. And by working the steps, I was, I, I don't know that at that time I was changing so much. I was just very, very willing. But what happened was I, I was in the group. I was in, I surrounded myself with my program sisters. Um, we all worked together. We all worked the steps together. We wrote a fourth step together um, and we kept going, right? We did fellowship. I needed all that. See how I needed to open up, sit down with you and be with you. I got into service and almost from the beginning, I got into service with our inner group and I just kept going. Um, what I can tell you today in, this, in the rest of my time is that the the personality change that I've experienced is, is phenomenal. Um, I work through, I have a, I have, I've had several sponsors, but I have a sponsor now that I work really well with. I, I, I trust her implicitly and we've been working together for 10 years. I mean, she knows everything there is to know about me. And I have, I also have a group of people around me that are, are almost the same as my, as my sponsor. I mean, I'm as close to some of these people because I've been able to stay abstinent and work the steps and work on those defects. Number one was that shutdown feeling has, has lifted. My food obsession has lifted. I don't use food and food is not my solution now. God is my solution and I've been able to through working the steps, um, develop this personal relationship with a higher power that I, I can trust. Number one, I can trust this relationship. I trust my sponsor. I trust the program and the steps. And I know that this is the way I'm able to work in a, in a job that I'm, is crazy right now. Um, I didn't, don't even have time to get into that, but that's exactly what I'm working on is my work and personalities, okay? I'm, I have a sober food plan today. It's a sober food plan that I, that's worked for many years. It changes a little bit here and there, but it's worked and food is out of the picture. I, I love my food. I commit my food in the morning in, or the night before, I'm sorry, I commit my food the night before and that's it. It's done, it's done and it's sober. I feel sober, just like the alcoholic feels sober. I feel sober. Okay. This is my, this is my abstinence. Um, I'm fully hundred percent abstinent today. And I have been for many years. This is how I've been able to change. And I'm so very grateful. Um, 
I'll just tell you a little bit about what I do each day. I think that's important, especially for the newcomers. Um, I get up early in the very early in the morning, and that's when I do my program work. I write whatever I'm writing for my sponsor. Right now, I'm working on step 10. I had to go through the steps again around this work, these work issues. I'm working on step 10. So I write on my steps. But the first thing I do is I read, I have three meditation books, a mix of the, th the two programs. I have three meditation books that I, that I read. I do um, 10 minutes of meditation, which I was actually able to do this morning. This morning was so funny. You guys should have been with me. You would have been laughing. But, um, and then at six o'clock, I'm ready to go. Like I'm ready to walk out the door. And at six o'clock, I'm as ready as that. And I start, and I talk to my sponsees, you know, one right after the other. And then I eat and I go to work, right? I exercise. Um, I go to lots of meetings. With Zoom, it's kind of cool. I can go to more meetings, but I usually have four to five meetings a week and one of my other program. And, um, and I sponsor. And I have a sponsor and that's how I work. That's how I live my life. It's not how I work my program. This is my life today. I'm able to do everything I need to do because of this program. It's opened me up. It's given me so much more confidence. Like, like this would not happen. Okay. But um, I'm always happy to lead me. It's, it, I, I'm so grateful. And I'm so happy to be able to lead a meeting. It's a very big honor to lead a meeting and to participate in my own recovery. And I want to, I want to thank Rita for asking me. I want to always thank God, my sponsor and Overeaters Anonymous for a life I could not ever imagine. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Holly. I'm just going to stop the recording.